0: together this morning. How I many you know it's no secret what our God can do this morning? Help me sing it in your no secret what our God can do. Amen. I mean, we used to uh, have this little uh, saying We'd go along in the house, you know, you're having a rough week. We say, it's Thursday, but Sunday's a coming. Say, it's Friday, but Sunday's a coming. Guess what? Sunday's here this morning. And it's time to worship him and lay all the things of the week behind us. And we have a few written requests this morning. We want to continue to remember our sister Debbie Miller and prayer that God will just continue to touch her and give her strength. I think Sister Abby had a reaction to something this morning, and uh, Sister Audrey had to run her to the emergency room to have her checked, so let's just remember Sister Abby this morning in our prayers. Also, Brother Leonard, I think, had sent in a text uh, asking uh, for us to pray for Sister Charlotte. She's not been feeling well, been sick, so let's remember Sister Charlotte in our prayers this morning. And we want to continue to remember Sister Angelina, Sister Melissa, that God will just continue to touch her and give her strength as well. And I'm sure there's many other needs this morning. If you just make those known by an uplifted hand, God sees what our needs are in this service this morning. We're just looking forward to what he's got in store for us. Amen. Through Brother Canaan this morning. there. pastor sends his greetings. He said to tell you he loved you, he missed you. He's just taking a couple days of rest. But he'll be back, Lord willing, on Wednesday. Amen. Brother Jonathan, won't you come
1: church this morning. Amen. We'll just go to him in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you this morning, Lord. We appreciate all your works that you've done through us and for us, Lord. And Lord, many times, Lord, when there was no way out, you provided a way, Lord. Many times sicknesses have been upon us and you give a touch of healing to our bodies, Lord. Lord, so many miracles in our lives as we stand here this morning. Lord, it gives us the courage. Lord, it gives us the faith. Lord, it gives us the boldness to walk before you and say, Lord, once again, we have needs this morning, Lord, and we have sicknesses in the church and in our families, and Lord, we know if you did it once, you'll do it again. And we're asking you to come to each and every situation, Lord. And we're asking you to move upon each and every situation and touch them, Lord, and bring healing upon the, Lord, brothers and sisters of the church, Lord, and bring needs, Lord, to meet their needs, Lord, and upon their hearts, you see the desires, Lord, you see the conditions, Lord, but, Lord, you see the way out, Lord, and you see the end from the beginning, and you're just waiting on us to believe it. This morning, we come together to believe it, Lord, and We bind our faith together, Lord, believing that you'll move upon the scene, Lord, and you'll move for each one of these needs, Lord. And, Lord, we ask you to touch the remaining of the service, Lord, that, Lord, you would be with Brother Mark, Lord, and the musicians, Lord, as they prepare our hearts, Lord, and singing and worship, Lord, to hear from you this morning, Lord, and touch our Brother Canaan, Lord, as he would come speak to us this morning, Lord, and what God's laid upon his heart to speak to this assembly. Lord, we want to be here, Lord, to hear what you would have to say, and we want to pull upon that gift, Lord, to, Lord, get the answers that we have need of, Lord, and, Lord, we ask you to be with our pastor as he's away, resting, Lord, to strengthen his body and his mind, Lord, and bring him back, Lord, fully inspired, Lord, and, Lord, fully strengthened, Lord, and we ask you to be with us, Lord, to receive the worship. In your lovely name we pray, Amen. And have your seats just for a moment. We'll do our reports this morning, and hey Amen, Sister Carol did the small. Mr. Stand, prepare our hearts. You no know, telling what we can get out of it if we'll get out of the way and let God move. Amen. Brother Martin.
0: You know, aren't you thankful to be here this morning? To be able to worship the Lord. And let's sing this together. I think it's in B flat. Well. I'm laying up my treasures in that home
2: above, trusted, fully trusted in my Savior's love.
0: Let's sing this Oh,
2: someday soon, change.
0: out of this old sin-cursed world. We, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what our Father has in store for us. Man thinks that he's built some of the most beautiful things and to our eyes, it is beautiful and it's nice. But we we just can't even imagine. Our minds can't even begin to comprehend what God has got in store for his people. I was thinking of that the other day. I said, can you imagine, just try to, Streets of gold Pay with gold Gates of pearl Walls of jasper stone and I just can't But I'm just looking so forward To being there with our Father Aren't you? <clears throat> Amen Let's sing this I found this old chorus Where I actually thought about it We hadn't I don't know if we've ever sang it before But uh, it really hit me And I was like My Jesus is real Why don't you help me Sing this Well Jesus is real real Jesus is real People that doubt it, but I can't live without it this morning. Amen. That's why I love him so because he's surreal so to me. And I'm thankful that he made himself real to me. Amen. What would we do without the Lord this morning? Don't even begin to imagine that. Dude. Let's sing this. Oh, wonderful,
2: wonderful. Jesus is.
0: The Counselor, or Prince of Peace—that's what He is to us today. If we can just stand still and let God move, let's sing that this morning. The Father has a plan,
2: though it's hard to see it now. You feel you're walking all alone. But he is there, no doubt. When the storm around you rages and you're tossed to and fro, when you're faced with life's decisions, not sure which way to go. Standing still It's hard to do When you feel you have reached the He will make a way for you Stand still And let God move Think about it With the air around you, and the walls are closing in, when the tide is swiftly rising, and you wonder where he's been, friend, there's none.
0: still and let God move. This morning, the little verse of the day, I, check, I look at it every day and it said, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're going to receive our inheritance one of these days. We'll let you have your seats this morning. We'll have our brothers to come. and. <clears throat> Receive the morning offering you just given to the Lord, and I know He'll bless every effort today. Amen. Let's sing this chorus just for a second. Oh, I
2: pledge allegiance to the man with all. uh
0: I say I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all of my strength, with all that I am. I think Brother Ben left that coughing spirit up here from the service on Wednesday night. <laughs> We're going to pray that demon away this morning. Forgive me for hacking and in the middle of singing this morning. But I think Brother Aaron has got a song for us this morning. If our brother Amen. would make this way up to sing for us today. <clears throat> we have a sister that wanted to practice a song too this morning. Forgive us. We just out of time this morning. Maybe if you could come a little earlier and practice, that'd be fine.
3: God bless you all. speak the name of Jesus.
0: want to speak the name of yes. Jesus this morning. Yes. It changes every situation. Right. Yeah. Oh, aren't you just so thankful today? Oh, I wanted to say I really appreciated the message here, Brother Brent, being brought on Amen. Wednesday Amen. on inspiration. Yes. Will y'all pray for your song here that God will just keep me inspired. Amen. Help us not to get in a rut where we That's just right. are the same old same old all the time, but something will just truly inspire us. To just keep pressing on and to worship him with all of our hearts and all of our minds this morning and speak the name of Jesus and it will change situations. Amen. We have our brothers to come. Again, this is for the local body. and We're just going to receive the tithing this morning. God will richly bless you if you honor his word. That's what it is this morning is obedience and honoring his word and giving this morning. Amen. And after you give, if we'll stand this morning, we'll invite our brother Canaan to come and to deliver what the Lord has laid on his heart for us today. We're so happy to have him and his family. And the sister here, is that, is that your mother? Oh, his mother. Good to have you this morning. God bless you. Amen. Let's sing this. Song.
2: Well, I am glad I know who Jesus is.
4: Amen. It's just an honor and a privilege to be here with y'all this morning. And we do bring greetings from our pastor, Brother Homer Longoria, and the saints in Alabama that are waiting for the coming of the Lord. And um, your precious pastor, Brother Joseph, texted me this morning and greeted me and uh, expressed to me, too, to give greetings to y'all. And surely I believe he has a shepherd's heart for you and loves you. And I just appreciate him, and he's been a good friend to me and invited us many times over the years to come here, and it means a lot to me that he would have confidence in in me and in the Lord to allow me to stand behind this sacred desk in his absence, and so we just continue to remember y'all in our prayers and to never cease giving thanks to God for you and for your pastor, praying the Lord will strengthen him. I'd also like to say before we open up the word that um, many of you may have known and uh, I stated in communication, try to keep everyone updated, but your pastor and your Deacon Brother Pat and uh, Brother Jonathan Jones about my daughter Mariah uh, during her sickness um, and things and uh, we just thank God for y'all praying for us and uh, for the brothers continuing to pray for us and the Lord's brought us through. And um, how it was such a strange thing, and, um, and I might, if the Lord would allow me to, maybe share a little bit more of that testimony um, in the message, if the Lord would be willing. And I'm just leaning on him, I need his help this morning, I'm an needy preacher this morning. Uh, and so I just pray that you would pull, I desire your prayers this morning, and surely uh, if you'll pull, then the Lord will use me to preach. But we just want to thank you all for your love and prayers and support to us. Look with me in the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we will start in verse 14. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. And we will read down for an opening text unto verse 19, verse 14 through 19 of Romans chapter 8. The Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I'd like to take a text from verse 19 that the whole creation, the earnest expectation of the creature or creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I'd like to take a thought about waiting for the manifestation. If you would pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for an opportunity we have to come together, Lord, as a local assembly, a portion of your body and your bride here in Murfreesboro, Father. I pray, Lord, that you'll take the next few moments, God. Take captive my every thought, Lord. I pray that I would not come with enticing words of man's wisdom this morning, Father. But I pray that you'd get me out of the way, Lord. Hide me in the shadow of your cross, Lord. Cover me with your hand, Lord. I pray let not not the people hear me, but may they hear you speaking through me, Father, to their hearts this morning, God. I pray that you would anoint me, Father, put your words in my mouth, Father, that I would preach in the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God this morning, Lord, and anoint all the ears and the hearers that we could hear and receive the Word of God, which is the good seed. May it fall upon good fertile ground this morning and bring forth what you would have it to be, Father. Lord, just get me out of the way and lead me by your Spirit to speak to the needs of the people. May you be lifted up in the service, Father. And would you draw all men unto yourself. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise for all. In the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. may be seated. Waiting for the manifestation. Thank you, brother. So the Bible tells us that the whole creation of this earth is groaning. And travailing like a woman about to give birth. It amazes me in seeing my wife go through it three times. How close a woman can come sometimes to death to bring forth new life. And how that this earth is groaning and travailing in birth pain. She's about to die to give way to a new earth. For John said, Behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth and the former were passed away. And so this earth has been so corrupted by sin. It's been so polluted and destroyed by sinful men and the world's systems that she just can't last much longer. She's gone through so many birth pains that she just can't hold out much longer. But she's yearning and longing. All creation and nature is yearning and longing for the manifestation of the sons of God, for the sons and daughters of God to take their position of rulership in the millennial reign, that this earth is going to give way to a new earth so that new Jerusalem Can come down from God out of heaven. And Mount Zion will come. And and, and the glorious reign of the sons of daughters in God will begin. And that God's Eden would once again be restored upon this earth as it was in the beginning. And so all of creation is yearning and longing for that. And we that have the Holy Ghost. We are longing for that also. Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now the word manifestation. A definition would be that manifestation is the act of disclosing what is secret, unseen, or obscured. It is the discovery to the eye or to the understanding. The exhibition of anything by clear evidence. It is a display. In other words, the Bible says it is the unveiling or revealing of the sons of God. And we know that God has a plan, that nothing catches God by surprise because He is sovereign and all-knowing. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows every choice and decision we would ever make thousands of years before we ever made it. And there is nothing that is hid from the knowledge of God. Uh, And we know that according to the Word of God, that God knows us. He knew us before we came to this earth and that He has a plan for our lives, the Bible says, that we may not always see it. We may not always understand it. But God does have a plan for each and every one of us. I think about the prophet Jeremiah. How that he said, I'm a child, I cannot speak. But God said, before you were in your mother's womb, before you were ever conceived, I already knew you. And I already sanctified you, and I chose you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, we may not be called to be prophets unto the nations, but we were just like Jeremiah. He knew us before we were ever conceived in our mother's wombs, and he has chosen us and sanctified us. And not only that, he chose us to live in this age. And we couldn't be born in the other age. We weren't born in the Ephesian age or the Sardisian age or, or we were had to come in the Laodicean church age. God chose us to be here at this time and I believe there's a people walking on the face of the earth today that God has chosen them that they will not see death until they see the Lord's Christ like Simeon there's a people walking on the face of the earth today that will not have a funeral their names will never be inscribed on a tombstone they will never go through that I believe there's a people on the earth today that's the chosen elected bride of Christ and she's being manifested in this hour to go in a rapture and be translated, just like Enoch and just like Elijah, that she will bypass the natural death and be translated into glory. Amen. Amen. And God has a plan for us, and it is our purpose to find the will of God for our lives. He spoke to Jeremiah 29 11. He said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end he has a plan for us but many times it's hard for us to see how it's going to turn out many times it is hard for us to wait for the manifestation we know that God anytime he spoke his word and we can look in uh Genesis 1 and 2 and look at the creation uh, uh, of God How that God uh, formed the earth by his spoken word. And how he planted the earth full of good seed. And that uh, Brother Bram said that every spoken word of God is a seed. Now whenever God planted the earth with good seed. And you know whenever we read the creation story. It just seems like it just happens like that, like that, like that. It's not necessarily just like that. But it was a process of time. In fact the prophet of God tells us in Satan's Eden that the six days of creation were not six literal twenty-four hour days, but rather six thousand years. And so that and he said in that uh, that message, he said it did not take him six thousand years, but he took six thousand years. He could have done it all in six seconds if he wanted to. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, but he chose to take six thousand years. And so we find that it was a process of time for those good seeds that he planted to come forth. But it never worried God. He never had to think about it again. He didn't have to worry if it was going to come forth or not. Because he knew that he spoke the word. And the prophet of God said that God had to even believe his own word. And so he believed his own word that he had spoken. And he just waited for the manifestation of his own word. It did not worry him or bother him. He knew it would come in its own time and in its season. Now we see that whenever he placed Adam and Eve there. And he gave Adam the authority as a son of God to be like an amateur God upon the earth. And that how there was a law of reproduction that he gave in Genesis one twenty eight. And he gave a commission to Adam and Eve. This was before the fall now. Before they ever fell, he spoke to them. Genesis one twenty eight. he said, be fruitful and multiply. And to subdue the earth. He told them to be fruitful and multiply before the fall ever happened. Now, if God gave them the commission and God gave them the word, he gave them the ability and that would have come to pass in his own time. But it was a process of time for that to be manifested. And while they waited, Eve started doubting the word of God and disbelieved the word of God because she could not wait for the manifestation of that word. They did not fulfill their full commission and their authority as the son and daughter of God that he gave them. They, they live beneath their privileges. And so many times we live beneath our privileges. But he said they could not even fulfill the commission that God gave them to subdue every beast of the earth. Because they failed to subdue authority and power over the serpent. All right now. So the spoken word is the original seed. Brother Bram says in that message, now if God said multiply to his bride, to Adam's bride, and replenish, multiply and replenish the earth, that was God's commission. And she would have done it. And he would mix themselves together. But what happened? When Adam got ready to come to her, she was already a mother. See what I mean? If you believe that, say amen. Now the same thing has happened to Christ's church, Christ's bride. Uh Uh-oh. Now, we're going back farther than that in a minute. Notice in this bride, what did she do then? Her first child come forth, it was a bastard child. And he was full of death and caused death. And everyone since then is death. Now, you see, it had to be sex. When you die, and why are you dying if it wasn't sex? He said, paragraph 71, when God give a commission which cannot perish, God's word is eternal. It cannot fail. When he said multiply and replenish the earth, that was God's eternal purpose. To carry that out, you cannot die. Because it's his word, you have to live. If that child had been brought forth right, there had been no death. But she couldn't wait. Eve could not wait for the manifestation of God's word. Now, God was patient. He didn't worry about it. And you know what? God never worried about you. If you're a seed of God, He never worried if you were going to come to Him or not. It didn't catch Him by surprise whenever you made a walk toward God, whenever you repented, when you were baptized. when he, That never caught God by surprise. It might have surprised a lot of people now. It might have surprised your parents when you came this way. It might have surprised your husband or wife. They never thought you could be so different. Uh, It might have surprised your children. They thought you might not ever change. It might have surprised the pastor. Amen. But it never did surprise God. He knew you were coming because he knew the seed that he planted in you. And he knew all the potentials that laid within that seed. He knew that seed within you was his spoken word. And every spoken word of God must come to pass. Now, if we know who God is, and we know what God's word says, then we know that God cannot lie, and everything that God says will come to pass. In fact, Balaam gave a true prophecy in Numbers twenty-three nineteen. when he was hired to curse Israel, but he couldn't do it. He could only bless Israel. He said that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall not make it good? If God says it, you can take it to the bank. He will do exactly what he said he would do. And the restoration of the bride tree. Brother Branham talks about now if God is going to bring his word to pass. And he's given us his word. He's given us so many promises in his word. Then we as the people of God, we have the right to exercise that which God has given us. If he's given us authority, if he's given us dominion that Adam lost, that Christ got back and he's given it to us. Then we have the right and the authority to exercise that word of God in faith. Brother Branham said the restoration of the bride tree. He said force then we have the privilege to enforce upon Satan the claims that God give us. For God has a law, and his word is a law, and God in this word made certain claims to the church. Therefore, we have a right to force these claims upon Satan and say, give it back, and he has to do it. Because we can take God's agent, the Holy Spirit, go right down on our knees and say, it's thus saith the Lord. He's got to give it up. That's all. Because the Holy Spirit is there to make him do it. The law of the land is to enforce. It's by the land for the land. But the law of the Spirit of God is to force Satan... To give up that which he has unrightfully, deceitfully taken from God. Souls of men he took from God. Souls of women, children, sickness of the body. He placed upon people where God made them in his image to be like him. And the church is given the rightful legal rights by the Bible. To take the Holy Spirit and enforce this upon him. We live beneath our privileges, don't we? We can look at examples of people in the Bible that we see people that had a hard time waiting for the promises, but then we see people that did not w- have a hard time waiting for the promises. I think about Noah, how God revealed it to Noah that it was such a world like we're living in now, full of wickedness and evil and sin, and people call good evil and call evil good, and they glorify in sin and glorify in those that do sin. Things that were once kept in the closet are now paraded in our streets, and it can't go on much longer, my friends. But we're finding ourselves in a condition like Noah. And now, the Bible said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And how Noah was called a preacher of righteousness. And Brother Bram said that he was a holiness preacher. And how whenever he revealed it to Noah, it was going to rain. Do you realize it never had rained on the earth before? He told him it's going to rain. I'm going to destroy this, this earth by a flood of water. And guess what? Noah believed it. He started preaching it. And people thought he was crazy. They could historically prove by history it had never rained before. They could prove scientifically. They could put an instrument up in the air and prove there was no moisture in there. There's no clouds. Where's the water going to come from? There ain't no water up there in the air. You're crazy, Noah. It's scientifically impossible. But it did not matter. Noah preached and continued to preach. And he put his faith into works. He proved his faith by his works in building that ark. Uh, Hallelujah. But guess what? It didn't happen right then. It didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen the next month it didn't happen the next year. Guess what? He preached 120 years that it was going to rain before the manifestation of that came. But he went right on to preaching just like it. And my friend, don't you know that people went by and at that point 100 hundred years say has gone by. And now he's preached to some people. Maybe he grew a little crowd at the beginning. But then guess what? They waited and waited and waited and never came. They fell away. And then guess what? Some children are born. The third generation brought up. And there's people going by listening to that old man preach there uh, building that big boat. Ain't even near the ocean. Ain't near no water. But yet he's still preaching from the top of his ark. Uh, they throw rotted tomatoes at him, laugh at him, uh, saying, oh, you know what? My dad heard him preach. and My granddad heard him preach uh, that God was going to destroy this earth. It ain't happened yet. Uh, that old man's crazy out of his mind. Now, I'm going to tell you there's people like that today. Oh, you people has been preaching. There's going to be a rapture for so many years. We've been preaching it for 2,000 years but it's still going to come. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Say, oh, y'all thought y'all was leaving in 77. Y'all thought this, y'all thought that. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. I'm telling you, yeah, we've been preaching it for a long time but we're going to be a long time gone. Hallelujah. We're closer now than we have ever been. It won't be much longer now because the signs of the times are here. The prophecies are being fulfilled. The rapturing message has been brought. Rapturing faith is being manifested in the bride. It won't be much longer now. Yeah, we've been preaching that a rapture's coming, but I'm here to tell you, say, well, I ain't come yet. The Bible said the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but His long-suffering. He's patient, not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come in repentance. Let me tell you, the rapture ain't not come yet, because God's waiting for you to get ready. The rapture might not have happened yet, and the church is just slugging along, and we're just Waiting, just kind of slugging along, not really having a revival, because we're waiting on you to get your act together and get right with God and get full of the Holy Ghost, so that we can leave here. God is patient and long-suffering. That's why the rapture hasn't come yet. I'm going to tell you when that last predestinated seat of God comes in, there ain't one more coming in, and that's it. We're gone. We're leaving. Praise the Lamb of God. We've been preaching a long time. Don't you know that finally 120 years come to pass. And finally God said, all right, Noah, it's time to get in the ark. Get your family in the ark. I want my family in the ark. Amen. Praise you. it. you want your family in the ark, say, I want my family in the ark. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said by faith Noah built the ark. He was moved by fear. And by doing that the Bible said he saved his household. And the token message he said you hold the token over your household. You apply the token over your family that God gave them to you. And Satan cannot have them. Amen. Y'all know my brother four years younger than me. I baptized him in 2017. He still believes the message. Praise the Lamb of God. We weren't raised in it now. And then I got my mother here with me this morning. Easter, a couple of months ago, Easter morning, I baptized my mother in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We went to go to the water, and I told my brother, I said, we're going to bury our mother today, so we'll never have to bury her again. Praise the Lamb of God. He said that you can claim your household under the token. Amen. But whenever Noah and his sons and daughter-in-laws and his wife got in that ark the eight people got in the ark the Bible said that God shut the door of the ark. And let me tell you when God shuts the door can't no man open it. And can't no man close what door God's open. God's the one that opens that door and God's the one that shuts that door. But guess what? The door shut. They were inside the ark and the rain still didn't come yet. They stayed in that ark for seven days before the rain started falling. But guess what? They were locked in. They couldn't get out, and nobody else could get in. I'm here to tell you, I think that he's still on the mercy seat, thank God. But it's about time he's about to come off the mercy seat. And we're about to get locked in. What if we're still here for a few days, but he ain't on the mercy seat? What if right before the rapture, we're still here, but can't nobody else come in? The Bible said, let him that's filthy be filthy still, and he that's holy be holy still. And when a tree is cut down... Whichever way it lays That's the way it's going to stay And let me tell you Whichever way you've been leaning You've been tittering the fence But God's already been shaking the fence Whatever side you've been leaning on That's the side you're going to fall on And when he shuts the door Whatever side you fall on That's the way you're going to stay into the judgment You'll be either locked in Or you'll be locked out That's why you better get in now Get your house in order Get prepared to meet thy God We're about to get locked yeah, we'll still be having church we'll still be praying for people sinners could still come to the altar but there won't be the holy spirit there to convict them and when the holy spirit leaves guess what the bride's going with it it's that magnet the holy ghost is a great big magnet And anybody that's got the Holy Ghost, we're magnetized to that magnet. And when that great big magnet sweeps over this land and goes up to glory, only those that's been magnetized to the magnet is going up in the air, in the rapture. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. They were locked in. And people must have went by and thought, look at those crazy people. They done shut themselves in that ark. They're crazy. They, they they're wearing ten full hats. They think it's raining, and there are, still ain't no rain. Those people are crazy. Guess what? They went on mocking them and scoffing them and making fun of them. But guess what? The, the party was all over. The fun and games was over when that first drop hit the ground. They ain't never seen nothing like that. And what's about to happen on this earth? They ain't never seen nothing what's about to happen. The bride's gone, they're gonna know nothing about it. A secret catching away the bride. But what are they going to do when California falls off into the ocean? What are they going to happen whenever those vials start being poured out? And they said, I thought the rapture was supposed to happen. I thought the Lord was supposed to He came back and you didn't even know nothing about it. A secret catching away. Guess what? It was all fun and games until that first drop of ground hit the dust. And then another drop, then another drop, and then it started pouring down rain. And guess what? Noah wasn't crazy no more. Why? Because he waited 120 years. And now the manifestation of the word had come. He waited, and now him and his household was the only ones that was saved. And I just imagine whenever that rain started pouring, they started running over that ark. Noah! Noah, let me in. Let us in. They couldn't let him in, even if they wanted to. Because God had already shut the door. And you better get in before he shuts the door. How do you do it? He's made the way. He said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's made a provided way. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is the only way in. Hallelujah. I think about how Abraham, how he waited patiently for the promise to be manifested. I think about how Abraham, he was given the promise and it was scientifically impossible. He was an old man. The Bible said his body was dead. But he didn't even look at his body being dead. He didn't look at what the doctor said. He didn't look at what science said. He only looked at what God's word said. He said, guess what? I'm having a son. I might be 100 years old. I'm having a son. Why? Because God said it. But guess what? You would think it would have happened in nine months. It didn't. 25 years later, he had a son. He waited 25 years after God gave the promise before Isaac was born. But guess what? During that time, Abraham never got weak in faith. The Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strong in giving praise to God. But there must have been a time after they waited so long. And he kept pestering Sarah. Asking her how do you feel this morning Sarah. No change. Still the same. But there had to be a point to where Sarah must have started doubting. Because she said take Hagar. And then maybe maybe this will be the way. And out come Ishmael. But guess what? He still wasn't the son of promise. Isaac was the one who the seed was called through. But during that time of waiting. During that whole time, they were waiting for the manifestation. Waited 25 years. But guess what? Some changes started taking place. Their bodies started changing. They went back to being a young person again. Hey Amen. How do I know? Because whenever he took out Sarah out to the, the kings, thought, wow, this is a beautiful woman. What 90-year-old woman would a king want to take for his wife? Because Sarah turned back from an old woman into a young woman. And we shall be changed. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. For this mortal must take on immortality, and this corruptible must put on incorruption. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory my friend. I'm here to tell you, he waited 25 years, but while he was waiting, the Lord was renewing his strength like the youths. He became a young man again. Sarah became a young woman again. While they were waiting for the manifestation, a change was going on the whole time. And I'm here to tell you, you, came too late to tell me that my God's not a healer. You came late, too late to tell me that my God don't answer prayer. The prophet said that God answers all prayer. And I've seen it on my own life. I look at what he did through Abraham. I look at what he did through Moses. And you've come too late to tell me that my God ain't a deliverer. You've come too late to tell me that he can't save. You've come too late to tell me that he don't baptize with the Holy Ghost anymore. Because I went and done got the baptism anyway. Hallelujah. You can't tell that to me. Because the word of God said that he is the same yesterday today and forever. He said I am the Lord thy God. I change not. Y'all remember maybe our testimony about me and my wife. Whenever, you know, we knew when we got married, it was our desire to be parents. And we just believed that God would not give us that desire if he wasn't going to fulfill it. We just believed that. Well, sometime after we were married, we thought, you know, well, you know, you get all these plans and you want to. To, to, to kind of plan everything out How you think it's going to go right. And we thought well you know being a newlywed couple We'll have a year to ourselves And after a year we'll have a child It didn't happen exactly that way It didn't happen exactly as quickly as we thought it would And so guess what She went to her doctor And the doctor diagnosed her With a particular syndrome That she tried to say It will be difficult for you to even conceive Is what she said And that just crushed us. We got in the truck after her doctor told her that and just looked at each other and just wept and held each other. Because a young married couple that should be in the prime of of age and wants to have children. And for a doctor to say it will be hard for you to conceive, she said, try to conceive naturally for a year. And after one year, if it don't work, then come back to us and we'll try some medications and things. And that was so heartbreaking. Well, a couple weeks after that, we were right into church one Wednesday night. And Katie looked over at me and she said, you know what? I believe we will be back within a year. But it would be to tell her that we need a sonogram because we're pregnant. Guess what? It wasn't no time after that. Less than a year, we were pregnant. You can't tell me God's not a healer. Now, a lot of people didn't even know about this. It happened so early. We got pregnant. We lost that pregnancy. And we thought that was the greatest trial I went through at that time. It thought if God would allow us to get pregnant, why would he not see it through and allow us to have that child? That did not make sense to us. And we didn't have an answer. And we still don't have all the answers today. But we know that God is still faithful to his word. After we lost that child, it wasn't even a month. Or so, six weeks maybe, that we're pregnant with Moriah that's here today. Amen. I'm telling you, God is still a healer this morning. Hallelujah. Nothing that the doctor did. The doctor gave a bad report. But we went to the great physician that gave us another report. Amen. Think about how when Abraham offered up Isaac. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief even then. Because he knew that God gave the promise that in Isaac will your seed be called. And he thought if I'm going to be a father of many nations through Isaac. If I kill him God's going to have to raise him back up from the dead. He, I'm here to tell you what is your Isaac this morning. Is there something that God's requiring of you to lay down on the altar. Whatever it is are you willing to give it up and lay it upon the altar to, to prove your faith in God. I think about how when Moses came. They waited 400 years, according to what God spoke to Abraham, 400 years they waited for a deliverer to come before Moses came. Four hundred years, but then the word was manifested through delivering a named Moses. And by that time a lot of people had given up hope. A lot of they were slaves in Egypt and many of them even forgot about the word of the Lord. but there was two people, Amram and Josed, the father and mother of Moses, that they still were looking for it. And they said, about the, according to the prophecy and according to the signs of the time, it's just been about 400 years. It's about time for a deliverer to come on the scene. It happened to be one of their own sons. 400 years after. And it seems like, in lifting him up out of the pages of history, it seems like people, if they don't get everything they ask for, the first time they pray, they start to think that God is dead. But He's not dead. He's just waiting for someone To lift him up out of history. They believed in a historical God. And if God was able to move. For Abraham. For Isaac and Jacob. Then surely they could call God on the scene in their day. Amen. I think about how. David. Was just a little shepherd boy in Bethlehem. And how that. Was the youngest of all his brothers. Never really seemed like. He might amount to much to anything. Let it be. Let. Let alone be the greatest king of Israel. But one day the word of the Lord came to the prophet Samuel and said, "Go to Jesse's house. there's one of his sons there that's going to be king. I've rejected Saul from being king. You take a horn of wool and you go to his house. So he goes from the greatest to the least. He's got a lot of older brothers that are strong. Big man, that's not the one God chose. because God said, "I look at the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. Aren't you glad that God looked upon our hearts and not upon our appearance? If He looked upon our appearance, we wouldn't have a a hope. We wouldn't have a chance. Thank God He didn't look at me like what I was, but He looked at my heart of what I wanted to be. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. And so we find then that whenever... The time comes, he, he, said, he looks and says, do you got another son? He said, yeah, there's one, but he's the youngest of them. And he's out there taking care of the sheep. He brought him in and said, this is the one. He poured that horn of oil over him and anointed him as king, just a little shepherd boy. But guess what? David didn't become king right then. He was chosen and anointed as king, but he did not take the throne at that time yet. He had to wait for his position to come. He was already, Saul had already been rejected. David had already been chosen by God. He had already been called by the prophet Samuel. He had already been anointed as king, but he had to wait for that time to come in his position. And that's what we're doing. We've been called, we've been chosen, we're already anointed, but we're having to wait to come into our position, waiting for the adoption, which means the placing as a mature son. We are waiting for the adoption to come into our rightful position of rulership with him in the millennial reign. We are already chosen, called, and anointed. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm chosen, called, and anointed. I am chosen, called, and anointed. But we're waiting for the manifestation to come. Think about everything that David would go through. How he would be brought up in Saul's house and the evil spirits would come upon Saul and how Saul drove out David and David was hiding in the caves and all of the back and forth that goes on between Saul and David and all the persecutions that David went through. And you know it seems like why would David have to go through all that if he's already been anointed as king? Why would David go through that if he was chosen to be on the throne? We don't understand but we know that the Bible says in Romans 8, 28 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. I may not understand why you're going through the problems and trials you're facing I may not have all the answers of how God's going to make it turn out for your good but I know according to the word of God that if you love the Lord whatever you face anything you go through it's going to work out together for your good that somehow somewhere at sometime uh, God will turn it around uh, and put it together uh, and make it work out for your good. I wondered if maybe David had to go up in Saul's house so that he could kind of learn how to be a king by watching Saul. Maybe learning how a king should present himself. Maybe learning things that a king should not do from Saul. But how he would grow up and go through all the trials. And think about how whenever he was there in the story about Ziklag. How the enemies came in and stole their wives. Stole their children. Stole all their goods. And took the two wives of David. And whenever that time came, everything had been lost. Everything had been stolen by the enemy. And then his closest friends all forsook David. They were all ready to stone David. They all turned their backs on him in the trial. And David said, I looked around and I had no one to encourage me. But he said, I took the word of God and I encouraged myself in the Lord. I'm going to tell you, we all have to walk down that lonesome road. And you're going to have to walk it all by yourself. Can't nobody walk it for you? You've got to walk that lonesome road. But you've got to be determined. I'm walking on with Jesus and I'm holding to his hand. No matter if, no matter father or mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. That you're willing to hold on to the word of God. You're willing to stand on the promise of God. You're willing to walk this race with patience. Even if you have to do it all by yourself. Oh my. David said I took the word. And I encouraged myself. Whenever you're in that problem. And you're all alone. And the enemy has stolen everything you got. And you're discouraged. And you got no friends to help you out of it you can take the word of the Lord like David did and you can encourage yourself by the word of God I like to pray the psalms I'll take the scripture and I'll see a psalm that speaks to me I'll put my name in that psalm and I'll sit there and I'll pray that psalm and I like to take Psalm 121 I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and the earth he will not suffer thy foot to be moved he that keepeth thee will not slumber behold he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep the Lord is thy keeper the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand the sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil the Lord shall preserve thy soul the Lord shall preserve by going out uh, and by coming in from this time forth uh, even forevermore. Uh, We take the word of God uh, and we encourage ourselves uh, and thus say the word of God. Uh, I take the word of God when I'm in trouble. uh, I say Lord, your word said you're a present help uh, in my time of trouble. Uh, Lord, I need you now. I'm in trouble now. Would you come on the scene, Jesus? Uh, You're a present help uh, in my time of trouble. Uh, I take the word of God Now, when my heart is overwhelmed within me lead me to the rock that is higher than I I take the word of God that when the enemy comes in like a flood he said the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against the enemy my friend if you got the Holy Ghost everything you need to make a rapture already lies within you if you're full of the Holy Ghost everything you need to combat the enemy and to fight the battle it already lies within you. It's just got to be manifested. We look at it in Ephesians 6 that no weapon hallelujah that is formed against you shall prosper We you can put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand all the fiery darts of the enemy praise the Lamb of God. You say I fought and I fought and I fought and it seems like I'm failing. It seems like uh, I'm about to sink. You just stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Whenever it seems like you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. The prophet said if you don't know what to do. Don't do anything at all. Just be still. And know that he is God. Just like Jesus said. You look up. Lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. I take the word of God in my time of trouble. And you take the word of God in your time of trouble. Whatever you're going through. That if you are the seed of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than all your sins and mistakes of your past. Greater is he that's in you. Than he that's tempting you to go back into the world and sin. Greater is he that's in you. Than he that's causing that sickness in your body. Greater is he that's in you than that pain you've been dealing with. Greater is he that's in you than that spirit of hell that's bringing depression and anxiety to you at night. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We take the word of God. We claim the promises. And then we wait patiently for the manifestation of the spoken word of God. Amen. That if God be for us, who could be against us? As the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I think about while we're waiting for that promised word to be manifested, it might not happen just like that. It may not happen the first time you pray. It may not happen the next day. Hallelujah. Sometimes we go through a long, dark night. But I know eventually that night's going to end. And it is the rising of the sun. And when the sun rises up, we can go free. That weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. I hear the sound of the Lord saying, joy is going to come in the morning. Amen. We stand and claim the word of God. And while we're waiting for the manifestation, we still stand on the word. That they that wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I just say, Lord, teach me to wait. Teach me to wait on the manifestation of the Word of God. I think about everything that David went through, I think about everything he went through with his children, about losing a baby. I think everything he goes through about Absalom and being the rejected king and how he wept for Absalom upon his death and think about all these different things. And whenever I was, you know, we were, Mariah I was sick for several weeks and it started out with she had got a rash, a weirder rash. But we had pulled a tick off of her not long before that. And so it seemed like, and the doctor thought it could be, you know, Rocky Mountain spotted Fever. And so treated her with that antibiotic they used for that. But after 10 days, she was still sick. And so she said, the doctor said, well, I'm sending you to Children's Hospital in Birmingham. And because she should have been recovered from this, if that's what it is. And so we get there to Children's Hospital, and they run all kinds of tests. And at first, they're just dumbfounded. They don't know what's going on. They really don't know what it is. But she's just so sick, she lost weight and hadn't been herself, hadn't had a good appetite, not feeling well, fevering for weeks. She had just been running fevers and the doctors just didn't really know when they're trying to narrow stuff down, narrow this down, narrow that down. Finally, long story short, they said it didn't have nothing to do with a tick at all. She was never sick from a tick bite, but they said it's something called Kawasaki's disease. It's a weird autoimmune disease disease that seems to follow in young children after they've already overcome some type of viral infection and they get a weird rash and they get fevers for a long time and there's different symptoms but what they are concerned about and what's dangerous about it is that if that disease goes untreated it often causes dilation in the coronary arteries around the heart which could lead to uh, aneurysms and could lead to blood clots and could lead to congestive heart failure, you know, for the rest of their lives. And that's what they're really concerned about. That's what they really want to be aggressive about treating for it. So they give her a, a treatment through an IV to help to help, uh, 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 to, to help uh, nullify those antibodies that are attacking her own body, and she gets some better. And we spent a couple of days there all together. We did eight days in the hospital. And so we're eight nights. And so she gets some better. We go home. And they said, now, if she fevers within the next 36 hours, you got to bring her back right away. That means the treatment wasn't successful. We're going to, have to do a second line of treatment, a different kind. And so we get home on a Sunday afternoon, and we weren't even home for an hour. And she started running a fever again. And so we go back to children's the next day, and I'm just like, I don't understand. We've done everything we've known to do. Me and my son stood in prayer for her. We anointed her with oil. We've laid prayer cloths on her. We've laid hands on her. We've had people all over the country in the bride praying for her. From from Tennessee to South Carolina to California, uh, all over the country, all over Georgia, people in the bride everywhere praying for her. And had Brother Homer come and anoint her with oil and pray over her. We don't under, we've done everything we know to do. We do not understand why we're back in this place and she's still sick. And so it goes on for a couple of days. And finally one day I get in my car and I was not in a good mood. I was not in a good spirit. But I had to go in my truck to drive back home from Birmingham to go take our, care of our animals. And I got in my truck and I just started crying out to God by myself in that truck. And I started crying out, and a scripture came to my mind, a story. And I don't remember, the, I didn't remember at the time the names of who the people were, you know. You just remember the story. But I cried out in my prayer to God. I said, God, you have set my fields on fire. My most precious thing, my firstborn daughter, my fields are burning. You've got my attention now. What do you want me to do? We've done everything we've known to do. What must I do now? My little girl's sick. She needs help. And you know what? I didn't get an answer in that truck. But I did feel a peace. I felt a peace. And so we go through and they do another treatment. Which is really kind of experimental in things. And we go home finally. And she hated being there the whole time. To see a little three-year-old go through that is just so hard. You know, some of you parents, you know, know what I'm talking about. Just seeing a little child and you can't do nothing about it. But you know what? God brought back to my remembrance something I had done wrong. That I needed to make right. Now, I confessed it to God and all of that, but... This message will make you go to the person you did wrong that's and make right. your wrongs right. right. Did not Brother Branham go to pray for a baby and said, "I'm sorry, sir. I got to go make something right. I can't pray for your baby because his heart was condemned. He went back to the attorney and said, "I'm sorry, I lied and I made my wife lie on the telephone and tell you I wasn't in the house because I stepped out the door around back, and I needed to apologize to you. How many of you know the story you tape yeah, listeners? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did he not say that? He couldn't even pray for that little baby? Until he went to that lawyer and made it right. There was something. David said my sins are ever before me. And I'm here to tell you. Your sins will haunt you. You might sweep it under the rug. You might hide it from mom or daddy. You might hide it from your husband or wife. You might hide it from the church. You might hide it from the pastor. But you can't hide it from God. And you ain't going to hide it from your conscience either. Your conscience will keep you awake at night. You'll remember like my sins are ever before me. She gets well we go home to the hospital. We go back home. And we weren't home for long. And she started having some symptoms again. We're thinking, oh, Lord, what is this now? How much more could she possibly go through? She's been through so much. Well, you know what? I went and made that thing right with the person. And guess what? Instantly, those symptoms left. And she is completely healed. Your unconfessed sins could stop someone from getting healed. Your unconfessed sins in this church. The prophet said if someone comes up to be prayed for and, and is not healed. We should call a, a solemn assembly. We should call a fast and find out because there's sin in the camp somewhere. Your sin could cause somebody in this church not to get healed. According to the prophet of God. And I'm here to tell you your unconfessed sins will hinder your prayers, my friend, you've got to make that thing right. Amen. And so, you know, the thing is, we went last Thursday for a follow up to the cardiologist. Three during her sickness, three of her coronary arteries have been dilated. Now the medicine's not gonna make those things go down. They said a lot of times the child will grow and they'll grow into it. They just don't want it to get worse. But And sometimes they could go down. But last Thursday, we went to the cardiologist. They were back down to normal. Everything was fine. Everything was back to normal size. I praise the Lamb of God. And I thank Him for His grace and His mercy upon me. Amen. But I'm here to tell you what was I thinking about when I was praying. I was thinking about in 2 Samuel 14 when Absalom called for Joab to take him to King David. He sent his servants to Joab and said, take me to King David. Well, he didn't come. He calls the second time. Joab didn't come. So then Absalom says, Joab has a field of barley next to mine. Go and set his barley field on fire. And so his servants go and they set his field on fire. And then Joab comes running to Absalom saying, hey, why did your servants set my field on fire? And Absalom said I called you once You did not come I called you twice You did not come So I burned your fields And now you're right where I wanted you to be Do what I'm telling you to do I'm ready to tell you my friend Old Jack Cole preached a message years ago That God will set your fields on fire I'm ready to tell you That he said all that the Father hath given me Will come to me If you're the seed of God He will not lose you But he's not going to make you do anything You've got to come of your own free will but he's got ways of making you, not maybe leading you to where you need to be. It's the tender hand of Jehovah, but it's a strong and mighty hand, I'm telling you. God will put you in situations to make you fall on your knees. Sometimes God will lay you flat on your back just so you look up. He knows how to get you right where he wants you. My friend, he's long-suffering with us. He'll call you once. You may not come. He'll call you twice. But if you're really his, if he's got to burn your field, He will burn your fields. Whatever's most important to you. Whatever's the most dearest to your heart. He will rip that thing from you. He'll make your daughter sick. He'll make you sick. He'll even turn you over to Satan. To destroy your own body. So that your soul might be saved. Oh my. He'll do whatever it takes to get you. Because he said I will not lose you. What's he got to do? He calls you once you won't come. He calls you twice you won't come. Does he got to set your fields on fire? What does God got? To do. If he has to, he will set your fields on fire before you come. But let's not make God wait that long. Why don't we come when he first calls us? He said, My spirit will not strive with man always. Thinking about waiting for the manifestation of the word to come, think about all the promises in the Old Testament of a Messiah coming and how long they had to wait before that was manifested when Adam and Eve fell God prophesied to Adam and Eve and the serpent that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent it was 4,000 years after that before Jesus came on the scene think about to Abraham he promised that there would be a royal seed through Abraham and that all the nations of the earth would be blessed, that was Christ but yet it was 1,900 years after the death of Abraham before Christ came think about how Moses prophesied that Jesus would be a prophet like him. It was still fourteen hundred years after Moses before Jesus came. But it never, no matter how long it took, it never stopped the program of God. What is time to God? He's eternal. The Psalm says that a thousand years is was yesterday. And second Peter three eight, I believe it is, says that a thousand years is just one day, and one day is a thousand years to the Lord. A thousand years is just one day, so a couple of years even, it's just a few seconds to him. What's it matter to God? Think about when Isaiah comes. And Isaiah comes, and under the oracle of God, he prophesies, And behold, a virgin shall conceive, and bring forth a son. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. That There had never been a virgin conceived before. That was scientifically impossible. Don't you think people thought Isaiah was crazy when he said a virgin would bring forth a son? How could that happen? And guess what? It didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen the next week. In fact, it didn't even happen in Isaiah's lifetime. Isaiah laid in the grave 750 years. Before a virgin conceived and brought forth a son named Emmanuel. But it never stopped the promise of God from being manifested. It was long after his death. People. He died. And people must have thought. Oh well he missed it. Because guess what? He's dead and there's still no virgin that's had a son. He's he's washed out. He's done. But guess what? It didn't matter. Even if he laid in the grave. That word was a spoken word of God. It had to be manifested. And so guess what? 750 years. He was long in the grave. And I read in the book of Revelation that John heard another voice from heaven. This is uh, Revelation 14, 13. He said, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Isaiah was long in the grave, but that prophecy was still following him that a virgin's going to bring forth a son. I may tell you, you might have prayed for your lost children, and you've prayed and prayed and prayed. You might not see it in your lifetime, but your works will follow you even after you're dead. If you got to go by the way of the grave, God answers all prayer, and your prayers will not go unanswered. You may not see it with these natural eyes, but if it's a spoken word of God and faith and you're staying on the promises, you might be laying in your grave, but your child is going to come forth. Uh, Whatever it is, that your works will follow you even after you're gone. Praise the Lamb of God. Finally, that virgin conceived. And Brother Bram tells us in the spoken word of this original seed. How Eve, a woman, did not believe the word of God. But here it was, Mary, she did believe the word of God. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. That's the bride of Christ. We're that virgin that's believing every word of God. In 1 Peter 1.18, it says that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. But that we were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And it said, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. He was a lamb slain way back before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. The Bible also says that those whose names are in the book of life were put there before the foundation of the world. So if your name and my name's on the book of life, it wasn't put there the day we repented or the day we got baptized, it was put there before the foundation of the world, but then we were manifested when we repented, when we were baptized, but because our name was already on the book when your name was on the book, Adam's name was on the book, everyone's names that's going to be there was put on the book, Jesus Christ's name was put on the book, and so you know what that tells me? If our names was on the book of life before the foundation of the world, and Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, that tells me that before Adam even fell, there was already a sacrifice up in glory waiting to be manifested for the sins of Adam, and for Adam's race. Amen. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, but First Peter said he was manifest in these last times for you. First Peter 1.20 First Timothy 3.16 said without controversy, grace the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. This precious manifestation of this word of God, our Savior Jesus Christ, was the spoken word of God from the foundation of the world but was manifested in these last days for you and I. John 17, Jesus said that he came to manifest the Father's name. So what's the name of the Father? He, he said in John 14, verse 21 through 26, he said that he's not going to manifest himself to the world. But he's manifesting himself to a small little group Amen. of his chosen, his elected ones. Yeah. Wow. Think about how, now let me read you this, spoken words the original seed, paragraph 137. He said, you can't be a seed and disagree with the word. You can't be a seed and disagree with the word. Because the word is the seed. And if you are the word, how can you disagree with it? You'd be disagreeing with yourself. You'd be defeating your own purpose. So I see preachers and things, you know, and they don't agree. They can't be seed if they disagree with the word of God. Even nowadays amongst our own movement and amongst... Message people that preachers and things will go on YouTube and say, Well, well, you know, that was that was Brother Brian's opinion, or that's not a New Testament doctrine. You cannot be seed and disagree with the word. Amen. Amen. That's just what he said. Yes, Think about all the promises that God made in his word and how long it took to manifest. It did not matter. It was going to be manifested. Amen. I thought about the Elijah Malachi four, Matthew seventeen, eleven in Revelation 10, 1 through 7, how Malachi prophesied, but then it was 2,000 years after Malachi for that Elijah to come on the scene. And now we're here today. We are the manifestation of that word being spoken. Because God would not send a message and a messenger unless there was someone that would receive and hear the message. We're part of that prophecy just as much as he is. Amen. Is that right? Aren't you glad for that? How that we come from the day of Pentecost and we went through the dark ages and then we come up through the reformation and now we're at the restoration of the word bride and we're coming to the manifestation of the bride and the new Jerusalem. First John chapter three, verse eight said, he that committeth sin is of the devil for the devil sinneth from the beginning, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to tell you, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. You say, well, I can't give this up, I can't quit that. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Yes. I can say, by the Bible said, Jesus said, with two or three gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. How many of you came in his name this morning? Then I can say by the authority of the word of God That he is in our midst this morning And I can say that according to his word He said the anointing would not just Break the yoke of bondage It would destroy the yoke of bondage If something's broken it can be fixed But if it's destroyed there ain't no way Just throw it away and burn it Because it can never work again And you might be under a yoke of sin Or a yoke of bondage But the anointing is here according to the word of God To destroy that yoke of bondage Off your neck and set you at liberty He came to destroy the works of the devil He said whosoever is born of God Doth not commit sin For his seed remaineth in him And he cannot sin Because he is born of God In this the children of God are manifest And the children of the devil It's harvest time We're seeing the children of God And the children of the devil being manifested The weeds and the tares How do we know the difference He said whosoever doeth not righteousness Righteousness is not of God neither he that loveth not his brother That's right. and now I'd like to bring what I'd like to preach about tonight no just can't <laughs> stand with me this morning in closing Romans chapter 8 verse 19 what we read in verse 19 for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. So with the redemption of our body. Hey, I'm only 28, but I'm feeling this body. I'm waiting for that redemption of this body. 28 and I already feel like my body. Y'all laughing at me. I'm telling you, I've been begging to go back to the chiropractor. This body has been corrupted and marked by sin. That's why this body can't go to heaven like this. The Bible said flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's why if we live into the coming of the Lord, this body is going to have to be changed before he can go to heaven. Amen. It will be changed. Amen. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Amen. Pray with me this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning, God, for the opportunity we've had, Father, to just come together to worship, Father, with our precious brothers and sisters of light, precious faith, God. And, Lord, I thank you for the pastor of this house, Lord. I pray that you would bless him, Lord, and strengthen him, God, and revive him, Lord. I thank you for this congregation, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they would just follow him with all their hearts as he follows you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would just strengthen, Lord, encourage, Father. I pray that I know your word is divinely inspired and anointed. I know that your word will bring forth what it was sent to to, to do. And I'm standing on that, claiming on that, Father. I pray that we'd see some manifestation of that word, God. We're looking now for the manifestation of your promises. We thank you for that, Father. Bless this people, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to thank you for... Your attentiveness and listening this morning. And we always desire your prayers. I always say, if you run out things to pray for, remember me because I always need prayer. Amen. We need each other more now than we ever have before. And this morning, if there's something on your life, if there's something in your life that's not right, an unconfessed sin, I encourage you by the word of the Lord, you need to go make it right. You don't want anything hindering your prayers. You don't want anything hindering your family, right. parents, hindering your children. You've got to make it right. Yeah. I'd like to encourage you by the word of the Lord this morning. And if you've got a need on your life that you would like for us to agree with you in prayer, we'd be glad to do it. You're welcome to come in these next minute or so to come. And we'd be glad to agree with you and pray with you this morning as we turn it back over to your song leader. The Lord Jesus bless you and may his coming bring cheer to your heart.
2: Oh, they that wait
0: upon the Lord shall that way this morning. The answer is on the way. Jesus said it and we believe it. Every promise that he made is true and it shall come to pass. How many enjoyed the word of the Lord this morning? Appreciate it. Appreciate each and one of, one of you. We look forward to seeing you back here on Wednesday night. The Lord bless you. You can be dismissed. Shake hands with one another.